I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show, our Saturday edition. God bless you all. This is Chris Ann Hall, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I have with me my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, and we'd like to welcome you to our weekend edition of the Chris Ann Hall Show. Remember, Monday through Thursday, our daily journal, bringing you the daily news from a constitutional and principled factual historical perspective. So as promised this week, my executive order is published. It is titled, The Executive Order Enforcing the Constitution and the 14th Amendment to Limit Citizenship as Therein Defined. (laughs) So in light of all the debate and the confusion and the misinformation, I am humbly offering up a teaching tool for you in the form of a potential executive order to be administered by the president, which is consistent with both the Constitution and the 14th Amendment, complete with references and explanations to support the authority for this executive order. Something that we don't see very often in these executive orders, not this kind of authority anyway. I don't rely on any UCC or whatever. Uh, I believe that there are, uh, that this executive order is drafted in such a way to drive a particular narrative And I believe this executive order drafted in this manner is going to clarify any questions about birthright citizenship and the authority of the president to issue an executive order on this subject. Also, since we are more than well aware that any written EO on this topic will be fast-tracked to the Supreme Court, I believe that an executive order written like this will force the Supreme Court to address the issue from more than just a political and popular perspective, but from a historical, constitutional, and legal perspective, which you know should be the focus of all judicial opinions. And so you can go to chrisannhall.com. It will be the lead article for this weekend, and you can share it. Now remember, I have written this to look exactly like an executive order, but it is just a teaching tool. 
So don't use it in any other way. Uh, I don't mind Donald Trump using it as a teaching tool. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun, JC? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to see my executive order in some shape or form actually reach the executive branch uh, will uh, hopefully help prevent uh, activist judges. Well, I guess it wouldn't really actually... Um, prevent an, ex- in a, an an activist justice in any way, shape, or form, but it would actually, I think, simply, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, highlight the activist judge. Because a judge who would write an, ex- in, an opinion based on the particular executive order that I have written and ignore the history, the precedent, and the Constitution that is uh, placed herein would simply expose himself to be nothing more than an activist judge. That's why I wrote it this way. So it will force the judges to take notice of history, the Constitution, and offer up their opinion. And if they do not, then they will be exposed. I think my brain is finally starting to to kick into gear. I feel kind of like a car on a cold morning. Right? How are you feeling today, JC? Oh, a little bit of a headache, but I'm good. going to just pray that off. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, um, I saw this article in World Net Daily, and I thought it was interesting. Jewish Americans flock to firearms training. And I think this kind of, we see this, don't we? After every kind of, Uh, mass shooting and every kind of violence using firearms. The headline doesn't say Jewish Americans flock to police stations to live with cops. Right? Okay. It doesn't say Jewish Americans flock to the federal government to live with the Department of Homeland Security. Right. It says Jewish Americans flock to firearms training because The right to keep and bear arms is based on natural law. It is based on the first law of nature, as Samuel Adams mentioned, the first duty to self-preservation. And this idea that the Second Amendment was somehow written, I mean, we covered this on Thursday, how the Second Amendment, how this former Supreme Court justice in Arkansas claims that the Second Amendment was written to to allow the government to have armed militias and this idea that well-regulated means well-governed and that only the government in their regulated militias have the right to keep and bear arms is, is not only disproven by history, in fact, but I think this is also disproven by human nature. You know, if if you are under attack, you're you're not wondering where is my cop. You're wondering where is my gun. Where is my ability to defend myself? And this this obvious trend that follows every violent attack. Jewish Americans, according to World Net Daily, flocking to firearms training proves the inherent nature of the right to self-preservation. And not only that, it also proves that the people do not have faith 
that whenever they are in danger, someone will be there to protect them. I think that's the, the biggest failing of this, in, of this modern ideology that, that the individual does not possess the right to keep and bear arms, but it is, however, the government that keeps the right to keep and bear arms because then you rely on someone in the government to be present when you need them. I've seen a, seen these T-shirts and I've joked about it as well. You know, I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. But if we'll just look at human nature, Notice this does not say Jewish American conservatives or Jewish American Democrats. Why? Because the right to self-preservation transcends political ideologies, transcends uh, the, the idea of, of politics. And we've got to really look at these trends. The, um, uh, this man named Yonatan Stern, a veteran officer of the Israel Defense Forces and director of the Academy, he says uh, he reminds, our World Net Daily says he reminds his Scranton, Pennsylvania classes, this is, the fact is we're at war. We want Jews everywhere to be armed. Now, this is not a call to war. This is a call to self-defense. He's saying, look, we've got to make sure that we can defend ourselves. And that's what this is all about. The right to self-preservation. The right to defend yourself. And if people, it is proven that if you are in a, in a zone where there is no posted gun-free zone, if you are in a zone that respects your right to protect and defend yourself, then you will not see these kinds of violence. And when we have seen violence in areas unposted, they end quickly and swiftly because people who are part of a well-trained citizenry will never stand by and allow their neighbors to be attacked. So my Christian brothers and sisters out there, you have a commandment to love your neighbor as yourself, which means you have a duty to protect them when they cannot protect themselves. And that's what the Second Amendment is all about. Self-preservation and the preservation of your neighbor. So let's take a little lesson, not from the politicians, not from the pundits and not from the judges and the professors, but a little lesson from human nature that we must learn to protect ourselves because the only person that values your life, that values the life of your family the way you do, is you. And so know it, learn it, believe it. We're going to have gun training. Oh, yeah, yeah. We are putting together a gun training court class, a weekend in Texas, with our friend and expert, not only in firearms training, but in self-defense training, the bearded black cowboy, a.k.a. Larry Stevens, there in Texas, just outside the Dallas area. And we're going to be putting on a, a gun self-defense training weekend. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's going to be lots of fun. So just so you know, for, our, for our, our loyal listeners, mark out the weekend of January 19th. 
That's the weekend. Now, we're going to be giving you the details. But look, mark out that weekend, January 9th, the weekend of January 19th, so you can be there with us. Seating or, or, or the availability is going to be very – we're only going to have 25 people that are going to be able to come to this course for this weekend. So stay tuned. We're going to make sure that you have the opportunity to know exactly how to do that when we do that. It's interesting when all these incidents happen, like you were talking about, uh, all the politicians and gun grabbers start clamoring for gun control, but yet the citizen, it drives the citizens to go buy firearms and get firearms training. Remember that all after the uh, Pulse nightclub shooting mm-hmm. in Orlando? Right. Uh, they were talking about how so many Democrats and liberals are running to buy firearms and get firearms training. So schedule yourselves a vacation January 19th for Texas. Take your family on a self-defense vacation, much more valuable than a trip to Disney. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. This is our weekend edition. Donald Trump. We're laughing, right? Go ahead. You can laugh out loud. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? So Donald Trump tweets out a... a um, <laughs> picture looks like a movie poster it is it is reminiscent of the game of thrones it's a game and throne game of thrones inspired movie poster uh titled sanctions are coming november November 5th 5th. (laughs) sanctions are coming so um uh it's funny we're, we're not sure who made the online movie style poster uh or uh Uh, who wasn't consulted in it, but I don't think Donald Trump is in the habit of consulting many people when he tweets out his tweets. (laughs) But nonetheless, you have this hilarious um, movie-style poster of Donald Trump tweeting out the announcement that sanctions are coming on November 5th. Now, these are sanctions on Iran. I hope some creative people do, like, some YouTube, you know, movie trailer trailer (laughs) kind of thing to this. (laughs) Yep, yep. This man rose to power in all of his orange glory. <laughs> Determined to stamp out Barack Obama's devastating moves to promote foreign jihadist. <laughs> well, there you go. But November 5th, all uh, that changes. <laughs> Sanctions are coming. Well, there you go, JC. I think you did it for him. <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up on the fly. I know. That was pretty good. I think somebody could take Some, it and perfect it, yeah, actually. Yeah, somebody took their time, man. Yeah, that'd be that'd great. Be funny. That'd be great. <laughs> hey, um, the, the guy that helped me at, in Staples at Tampa would have been perfect for that. Yeah. That guy had, he the, had the voice. He had that deep movie trailer voice. I was, And you looked at his face, and I was like, wow, where this is guy. that coming from? He was a handsome man, but young man, but his voice was just like, Bruh. It was awesome. But anyway, um, I wanted to talk about this because, uh, again, I want to make sure that we understand. Uh, 
I, I, I don't know, JC. I have looked and looked and looked, and I find no authority for the president in the Constitution to issue sanctions. So that'd be something Congress. That would be something that would Congress would have to do. Yeah. Now, well, doesn't he? The Congress, Congress did the sanctions before, right? I mean, does he basically kind of just say what he wants done and then they do it? I don't know how it worked last time. Yeah, no. It, it, surely it would have to have they, worked like no, that. They don't go don't through. Know. They do not go through congressional vote. Hmm. They do not. The president speaks, and allegedly they happen. And I'm sure it's based, and it is based on, um, uh, it's based on federal law, right? An act that delegates this authority to the president in the guise of, quote unquote, national security, right? Right, right. So you have a national security issue, then the president has all of this authority, and, uh, but we understand once and uh, once again that it is unlawful for congress to delegate their authority to the president now the president would have the authority to recommend a treaty with another country that would maybe issue sanctions on a third country it's interesting but it would ha- still have to be approved sure. by the senate it's interesting how this is just a constant theme and ha- has been that for for years this is how much the government has been transformed by Congress uh, into a, a really, I don't know what you would call it at this point, but it's a very, uh, very powerful, uh, almost monarchical, is that a word? Uh, yeah. Executive. You yeah. Know, this, they've really transferred so much of their own power. Well, that's because the they, right, because they don't want the responsibility for it, they right? Want, they don't want the blame. They don't want the accountability yeah. for it. And that's that's very, very sad because our president was never delegated with this kind of authority on purpose to prevent that monar- uh, m- monarchical kind of style of government. I mean, remember, we didn't just declare independence from Great Britain. We declared independence from kings forever. And so Trump lovers... Don't come to me and say, well, if Trump doesn't do it, then nobody will do it or whatever. Because remember, the argument on the Democrat side was, well, if Obama won't do it, then nobody will do it. Yeah. And these, there are specific reasons for these limitations of well, power. And it's not about whether it ought to be done. It's, it, it, you know, it's just that, hey, where's Congress? Why, why is Congress taking a vacation permanently? Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, <laughs> J.C. Hall. And I, I can't get over that. The, the poster. The poster? I want a yeah. t-shirt like that. You want to... <laughs> Sanctions are Sorry, coming. sanctions are coming. But, you know, if you want to get real down to the basic nuts and bolts of it, um, we shouldn't be offering aid to foreign governments to begin with. 
That's not our role. And you want to look at what the founders wrote about that. They were very specific. We were to engage in commerce with these people, not be handing out welfare to foreign countries. Yeah. And we're not supposed to be involved in their wars either. Sure. But then on on the other side, too, um, you know, it seems like it seems like businesses should not be should not be able to or there should be some sort of uh what 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 should you say consequence if you're basically giving money to an entity who is funding terrorism you are sort of in a uh i guess one step removed from funding terrorism no i don't think so i think that if you if you are funding a country i i, I think no, that no, the, i'm not talking about the country uh, right so what a lot of times what happens with the sanctions mm-hmm. a part of the sanctions go to hey american businesses or whoever if you do business with you know right. country x or uh or whatever business in their country then you know you're you won't be allowed to Whatever, you know, do business here in America. Right. So sometimes right. the sanctions take that form. And right. so. Well, I know these particular sanctions will will limit, uh, prohibit the buying of gold from Iran. So part of the sanctions that will be, uh, I'd like to say recommended by Donald Trump, because that would imply that somebody has to approve them. But nonetheless, the sanctions will include a, a, a prohibition. You can't buy gold from iran yeah and so you know i, I think know, it's, it's interesting just, uh sort of quagmire well and and the, the the quagmire still exists that sanctions really don't do anything to the government to begin with i mean they don't no, they I mean, they hurt the people right Usually, but the government's not going to cut back on anything y- well so yeah in general that's absolutely the case now i think uh, sometimes somebody like iran uh, is can be a little different. So countries where, like Iran in particular, who are so dependent on oil, mm-hmm. uh, you know, basically funds the government. Right. Uh, so there, you can actually have, in that case, a direct impact depending on the sanctions. But in general, they're sort depending of s- on who goes along with the sanctions. Right. It's not right. just us. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, but. I think some of these were tailored like, okay, if you buy their oil, so you punish the countries that buy their oil, so you mm-hmm. try to cut off that resource too. But um, but in most cases, I think the sanctions, like, like you're saying, are really seen to impact the people mm-hmm. with the idea that, you know, you put so much pressure on the people that the people are going to be able to pressure their government. So the government will feel so much pressure that they will have to change. Um, that yeah, but the people have no power over their government in this right. place. So that's like, crazy. It's like Cuba. That sanctions against Cuba are yeah, worthless. Ex- exactly. That's what I was saying. So in, in most of these countries, the structure is not, you know, doesn't exist uh, to allow that to be effective. So most of the times these sanctions just end up hurting the populace, you know, the, the people. In and general. here's the thing in general. Would these sanctions even be necessary if we hadn't dropped billions of dollars into their hands to begin with, with, with Barack Obama's oh, yeah, sure. unconstitutional Iran deal. Yeah. And once again, we're back to square one. Where in the world is Congress? Remember that Iran deal was not a treaty. 
It was not a treaty that was approved by the Senate. As a matter of fact, the, the Senate and the, and the House went through great sort of acrobatics to even try to create legislation to justify Obama's Iran deal. Yeah, and I, I don't think people generally realize uh, how much infiltration, let's say, there is in the United States mm-hmm. by uh, people like uh, governments like Iran, I, Iran, Russia, and China in particular, and the groups that, uh, you know, that they back and fund. But what I'm trying to say is, look, where was Congress to begin with, right? Yeah. Because... Uh, even at that time, we had a Republican House and a Republican Senate. So you can't tell me that they didn't want the Iran deal. Yeah. Because if they didn't want the Iran deal, there would have been no Iran deal. There would have been none whatsoever because they could have simply said, you know what, this is not a this is not a treaty. It's not been approved by Senate, so we're not going to give them. The transfer of money came from your congressman. Sure, I think it's a, that was a pretty partisan, along straight party lines, which is which is why something like these midterms are pretty significant. But but it's the same thing, you know. I was looking at this the article about Andrew Gillum we were we were looking at earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of same thing. You have uh, somebody like Barack Barack Obama who was a, a jihadi sympathizer, right? And so that's what you end up with, and the same mm-hmm. kind of guy that that uh andrew gillum is in fact gillum to me is sort of uh more like eric holder 2.0 yeah to me that's what he reminds me of but there's an article on fox uh fox news andrew gillum's florida governor bid mired in anti-semitism accusation links to radical palestinian group and i i don't know this is a big deal to me maybe this maybe this sounds like conspiracy theory or whatever but I I think we sometimes get distracted at what's going on sort of surface level. When you see these protests and you see these groups and this sort of thing, we think, oh, here's a group that's focused on racism. Here's a group that's focused on women's rights. But the the crazy thing is when you start to look at these groups, it's it's really frightening how often that some Palestinian jihadi is is uh, stoking um, you know, co-opting or in many cases directing these groups. Right, right. And I mean, it's 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 really it's crazy. The um, uh, I think it's the the woman's uh march. Remember the woman's the mar- women's, women's march, march uh-huh. that they did. Uh, you know, I guess protesting Trump ostensibly. Right. Um, was actually led by one of these uh. Palestinian jihadis, uh, Razmea O'Day. Oh, how ironic. Who is a, a Palestinian terrorist. She spent a decade in prison for two terror attacks, uh, one of which which uh, she bombed a supermarket and killed two students. So, and these are the connections with, with Andrew Gillum. So when you look at Andrew Gillum, and he's, and this is the thing, it's this, um, black liberation ideology, mm-hmm. and its close ties. It's oh, just, now you're a racist. It's just I don't care. It's meshed <laughs> with this Palestinian mm-hmm. right. They sympathize with mm-hmm. the Palestinian liberation movement. Or we, we well, li- the black liberation movement is 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 very. Uh, 
is very infiltrated by the Muslim theology. Right. So Elijah Muhammad, right. the Nation of Islam. So they're they're all interwoven. Farrakhan. It's, it's, yes, it's really crazy. So uh, Andrew Gillum now, he's he basically signed on with this group called Dream Defenders, and uh, you know the Freedom Papers, and it, it's basically this sort of Black Liberation radical stance against. You know, every every cop is racist, every prison is racist, and just a real, the real radical side of that conversation. And um, one of the co-founders of of this Dream Defenders that Gillum is connected with is is Ahmad Abuznaid, which was the wow, son, son of really good. yeah, son of Nabil Abuznaid, Palestinian liberation that. organization, Yasser Arafat. Uh, advisor, uh-huh. right? Remember, we legitimized the PLO. They said, "Oh, we'll stop being terrorists, and we're now a political uh, organization." Okay, right. abracadabra, you're a political organization. Yeah, so, you're not terrorists anymore. Yeah. So then they—that's when they began to infiltrate, and we got, you know, you people know uh, Keith Ellison and his right. sympathies for right. the jihadis. Remember mm-hmm. Michelle Bachman, right? Stood up and talked about this about oh, and how the Muslim Brotherhood crucified her over that. Yeah. One has all these sympathizers in the government and she was she was uh you know mocked and shamed and by the way I think that's when you know you're over the target when mm-hmm. they start you know specifically right. targeting you to shame you into silence and uh so this is what we see you look at um one of these uh one of these groups that Gillum's connected with has uh well what's this other person's um I lost the name Layla uh something another Layla Khaled, airline hijacker. So this this Abu's Naid is bragging on. You know she's she's so she's great. here in the United she's States. She's a hero. Yeah. Okay. And same thing as as this O'Day, right? Uh, so these these terrorists who have been in prison for committing terrorist acts yeah, are, are political are, activists in America now. Exactly, and so they lead these all these these groups. On what the, in the world is the Department of Homeland Security doing? Yeah, so these besides monitoring me, Palestinian student groups in the colleges around the country. Uh, you know, it's crazy. Uh, the Dream Defenders, right? They had tours. They're take. They're doing these tours, these pro-Palestinian tours, and one. They're being led by this terrorist, Mahmoud uh, Jida, was part of the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. Uh, he he basically planted bombs throughout Israel, targeting civilians. And um, the the guy, uh, what's his name, Dwight Bullard, senator here in New York, Dwight Bullard, w- was basically blasted for being part of these tours with led by this terrorist. Mm-hmm. Well, Bullard is the head of the Gillum New Vision Pack oh here goodness. in Florida. Uh, Chris King, I think, is Gillum's running mate, apparently is was uh, exposed for making anti-Semitic remarks about uh, why he was opposed in some race or whatever and saying, saying that... Um, uh, the, these they put me on the cross. These these Jews basically crucified me. Talking mm-hmm. about this, this some journal that was writing against. It. So you had this stuff. And and here's the thing, I this I'm not I'm not a Zionist or anti-Zionist. All right. Right. But the point is, uh, this Sharia philosophy is incompatible with a constitutional America. Mm-hmm. And if you think the Palestinian 
cause, the Palestinian movement is a political cause, you're out of your mind. This movement is not about a sovereign Palestinian state coexisting alongside a sovereign Israeli state. It's about the eradication of the nation state of Israel and the destruction of, of all Jews everywhere on the planet. Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. J.C., this is the last segment of our first hour. We have to say goodbye to those who do not get to stay with us. But remember, remember, you must go to chrisannhall.com to hear the rest of the show. You can also hear us on iTunes, Google Music Play, you can hear us on uh, Spotify. You can hear us on TuneIn. We're having some trouble with TuneIn. TuneIn knows there's a problem and they're fixing it. Apparently, TuneIn's having trouble with all their SoundCloud people. So uh, don't worry if you're looking for us on Tune TuneIn. That will be fixed shortly. Uh, but you can find all of the all of our shows on uh, these these forums, and you can get caught up if you're not you're not able to hear all of them at once. We have lots of people who listen. Uh, they binge Chrisanne Hall. I guess. Sure. <laughs> so you you binge Game of Game of Thrones. We'll binge the Constitution with Chrisanne Hall. Just as a last reminder for those of you who are leaving us after this first hour, January nineteenth is your self defense weekend you're learning your vacation in self-defense the title of the of the meeting is going to be in defense of liberty and we're going to give you details on that in a little bit but right now we're talking about uh one of the reasons why you have to have self-defense in america because there is a jihad here in america whether we realize it or not well it's a, it's a soft jihad right yeah. it's it's the Dress it up in it's a, a suit. It's a political coup. Dress it up in a suit and infiltrate. Like, we don't have bombs strapped to us anymore. We, we put our suits on and we infiltrate the political system. Um, but well, but that's a, that is a kind of jihad, though. I mean, is, that's true. part of the jihad, too. Yeah. You lie Which means resistance to get what it's... Struggle. Right. So the, the, the Quran says it's okay to lie to uh, infidels right. to get your, your, your goal thing. And, and I don't, here's the thing that I think Gillum is not lying to anybody. And that's the sad part. Gillum has been very honest about who he is and what he's about. And the yeah, very fact to that an extent. for the very fact that he stands on a party platform to instill socialism in America right. should make him ineligible for office. Well, that's the thing they cloak. Now this is cloaked in these other movements. So they sort of they infiltrate and co-op this Marxist movement and, and, and speak about uh, about these issues. Um, but you know, this guy's not, he's not, uh, exceptional in the sense of, you know, there, we had Barack Obama shared this, right. this ideology, Eric Holder. Keith Ellison. Remember Eric, yeah. yeah, Keith Ellison. Eric, remember Eric Holder. We found out for, through the whistleblower in Eric Holder's uh, voting voting rights division mm -hmm. that Eric Holder carries this Black Panther membership card, right? And and that his blackness, uh, his blackness is 
is uh, the overriding standard. So it's blackness before the Constitution and the rule of law. Mm-hmm. And so that was his that was his philosophy and is at the core of 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 this thing. So and the point I want to make is this is they don't see it's not a movement to. So think about uh, Malcolm X. So this is, a, this is a philosophy Malcolm X had before he goes to the Middle East and and, and realizes sort of has the revela- <laughs> revelation and uh, meets the peaceful the peaceful segment of Muslims that exist in harmony alongside Christians and Jews. And mm-hmm. so his views matured and evolved. And these people are throwbacks. Right. Right. So it's not about peacefully coexisting within the constitutional system. It's we have to destabilize, overturn and replace this system. So it, it's about it's it looks at, OK, America, particularly white America, the oppressors. And we have to we can't coexist with the oppressors. We have to destroy the oppressors, overturn the system, take back the wealth that the oppressors have stolen on mm-hmm. the backs of the oppressed, and then we must control, subjugate, and punish the oppressors. That's at the core of their mentality. That's what, that's what right? Th- but they what may about not all the people who have risen from the depths of poverty to okay. become the wealthy? That just okay, totally so overturns their whole ideology. And that, my friends, is why the Democrats hate Trump. They don't hate Trump because Trump is a racist. They're not angry about all the alleged racism. I tell you what they're angry about. They're angry because we have the lowest black unemployment in history. We have the lowest Latino unemployment in history. You cannot have the oppressors be exposed as helping the economic situation of the oppressed because that overturns their lie. That's why they hate Barack Obama or uh, Donald Trump, not because he's a racist, but because he is taking control from them. We will be right back after this break. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here. K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And we're talking about this soft jihad, uh, something that's really important all the time, but should be on the forefront of our minds during these midterm elections, as you're seeing people like Keith Ellison running for office and Andrew Gillum running for office. And you hear things about Eric Holder talking about a 2020 presidential bid. These people are incompatible with a constitutional republic. Not only are they incompatible with a constitutional republic, they have no desire, no, uh, no uh, intent of becoming in- integrated or compatible with our constitutional republic. It is their intent to overturn it. Anybody who runs as a socialist in America ought to be deemed uh, ought to be uh, deemed ineligible for office. 
not because of some test act, not because of some discrimination, but because the fact that the Constitution of the United States, and let me say this very clearly, every single state constitution, all dictate that these, con- these governments be republics. Being a republic is inconsistent with socialism. Being a republic is inconsistent with, with Sharia. Being a republic means you can't have Sharia law. Being a republic means you can't have socialism as your government. And so, although I am for limited government in, in most of every single capacity, when it is the duty of governments to protect the rights of the people, part of that protection must be the protection of the political system. You cannot vote to overturn the government. That's the whole purpose of having a constitution. If we did not have a constitution, then it wouldn't matter. We would be just like every other banana republic. We'd be like every other country in the world. But we have a constitution that sets out the standard for government, sets out that, hey, this is who we need to be, and this is by law who our government will be. And to simply say, well, democracy requires us to, to uh, suffer these candidates is simply inaccurate because, number one, we're not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic, not by opinion, not by popular vote, not by pundit uh, assertion, not by law professor textbook teaching. We are a constitutional republic by law. And that's why we need to be careful about this. Is there is there anything else you you really wanted to set out there with this this well, soft jihad that you see? I mean, and I'm I'm liking this because I think that because of people like Brigitte Gabrielle and Act for America and the number of other groups that are out there teaching this, I think that this is sort of piercing through that that veil of tinfoil ideology now, and people are beginning to realize, hey, this is. This is real. Listen, this here, is real. Here's the thing. They can they can roll out and and you know, yell and scream and wave their arms and and say racist, 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 racist. Right. But here's you know, they can Brigitte Gabriel's a racist. Right. We're racist. Trump's a racist, whatever. But here's right. what you can't do. You can yell racist all day long, but that will right. e- that will not erase the connections. Right. To these radical jihadis that right. will not erase what these people like Gillum mm-hmm. and Holder and Obama and the like have said on the record. It will not erase who we know them to be when you research these connections, when you research their own words. Uh, the only thing the Democrats have is yelling racist and racism everything's a dog whistle everything's a racist here's the bottom line the more black conservatives stand up Mm -hmm. and make their voice heard the louder and more often the democrats scream racism i'm telling you this is the thing it's not about hear me one more time it's not Mm -hmm. about racism it is about the fact that the democrats are losing control of their slaves Mm -hmm. and they don't like it so how how do you 
what do you do when the alleged oppressor is now making the economic life of the oppressed better? Right. How in the world are you going to keep them loyal to you? How do you do that? Well, you make them believe that the person that's making your life better economically is actually a monstrous racist who is out to get you. Okay. Right. And if you're if you're brainwashed and locked into this propaganda of of idiots like uh, Don Lemon. Right. Okay. And CNN and MSNBC and all these is other. Is he part cases. of the, the liberation movement? All so that stuff. So Don Lemon is Don Lemon is uh, is P T Barnum. Uh-huh. Okay. Don Lemon is a hoaxer. Right. He he sit he stand on he's on CNN. Okay, the other day, and he and he's he's talking up this racist nonsense, mm-hmm. and he and he says it, 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 this Trump derangement syndrome is you know full on, and he says we need uh, a white guy ban, a white guy mm-hmm. travel ban. Okay, newsflash: Don Lemon is married to a white guy. Okay, <laughs> Don Lemon is is gay, married to a white guy. Does he want his oh. his husband banned or travel banned? No, he doesn't. So he's a hoaxer. Yeah. He's the circus ringmaster. So right. the point is, stir people up. He does what his, his controllers tell him to do. He goes out there like a little puppet, and he performs, and they've, they've got their hand up his rear end like a little ventriloquist dummy, and, and they, he just mouths whatever they want him to mouth. Don Lemon is a brainless buffoon, mm-hmm. and so he just says whatever. So he, he is the quintessential useful idiot. So he's out there mouthing nonsense that is actually runs contrary to his own personal situation. So the total uh, hoaxer and showman. So he's he's a nobody. Right. Right. You have to say, OK, who's who's the wizard behind the curtain? Because mm-hmm. Don Lemon is a mouthpiece. Right. And you see that. And it's the same with all these guys. So they have these idiots marching out. So that's the thing when you have you have to look at what's going on. Like you look at the women's march. Right. Oh, they got all these things on their head. These these uh, women's genitalia they're wearing on their head. So to to indicate very clearly, right? We ha- we have to have a a visual object lesson to make sure people know this is about women's rights and women's reproductive rights because we don't want them actually looking and seeing that a radical Palestinian jihadist is actually organizing and running the march. Otherwise, huh? They might not believe that it's actually about what we're saying it's about. They might they might come up with this crazy idea. That these radical jihadists have in- infiltrated America and co-opted these movements and are and are falsely uh, promoting a certain agenda when really the real agenda is to destabilize American society so they can destabilize American government because mm-hmm. they see America as the the imperialist brute that has invaded and occupied their nations and and are propping up Israel. If mm-hmm. America can be destabilized and overturned, then Israel will not be able to stand. Israel will not be able to survive. Okay, so we have to have. We have to have our costumes. We have to have our genitalia costumes and our genitalia hats so that nobody comes up with that crazy idea once they look at the people who are funding it and running it and maybe think that, hmm, maybe it's not about what they're telling us it's about. Okay? So lots of mouthpieces out there. Right. Lots of the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. Okay, look look at the leaders. Look at the funders. Look at who's doing it. Right. You think they're angry at police because they're radical? No, there are good police and there are bad police. Right. All right. So the bad police give give them a platform to be able to 
come up with some cover story so that they can do what? They can destabilize the rule of right. law. They can destabilize order. They can create distrust between police and civilian and weaken the nation and then call for radical overhaul like Gillum, who basically wants to do away with law enforcement and prisons right. in the state of Florida completely. So it's why you have sheriffs all over the state, both Republican and Democrat, saying this guy is a loon. This guy is a threat to the state of Florida, and you'd have to be out of your mind to elect this guy. Well, I think one of the safe uh, understandings with Gillum is that he will come against a Republican House and a Republican Senate. Well, I think he's... And so he's going to make lots of promises, but the reality is he's not going to be able to fulfill I take it a step further. Okay, this guy is is corrupt. He's demonstrated that he's corrupt. Right. He's, he's a criminal. We see that right. in his activities in uh, as the mayor of Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. He is a criminal. Right. He is corrupt. Right. In addition to that, he has all these criminal ties and right. ties to jihadists who have literally murdered civilians in the name of jihad. Right. Okay. So I'll tell you this. Will he gets organize a, that here in Florida? I think if he gets elected, it, it's not that he'll be ineffectual. I don't think he'll make it through his term. I think he'll be thrown out of office because it will be only a matter of time that he does something <laughs> criminal or somebody yeah. connected with him does something criminal. Because it's so the will, nature of who he is, he cannot leave it behind. <laughs> and he will be thrown out of office. What about Keith Ellison? Keith Ellison. He's running he's, for attorney general. Yeah, but he's walking into it himself. I mean, yeah. he revealed himself. He's he's. He's beating the crap out of his girlfriend or wife mm-hmm. or whatever. And this is the crazy thing. So all this sort of comes up like you have the the, uh, the you know, the shooter that shot up the synagogue. And so here are all the Democrats and progressives running around oh, anti-Semitism and hate the Jews. And Trump's a Jew hater. I mean, Trump, Trump, whose son-in-law is a Jew, whose daughter is now a Jew, whose grandkids are a Jew. Oh, he's really he's really a Jew hating anti-Semite. Right. So they're always screaming these things. But in fact, when you look, you start looking around. You uh-huh. realize that the anti-Semites and the the racist against the Jews are sprinkled all throughout the Democrat Party in influential you know, positions. I, so just taking up this, we watched, we were listening to NPR as we were driving home the other day. And here we had uh, this young woman who was in charge of a nonprofit organization for women's rights. Yeah. She was a Palestinian S- woman. Somali. She was, she was Somali, Somali Muslim. She was a Somali, Somali Muslim. That's right. She was a Somali Muslim yeah. in, in, in this organization for women's rights. Yeah. And she's running for office, the first Somali uh, to run for office. And her whole love affair with Keith Ellison. Yeah. So the entire presentation was supposed to be a celebration of her potential achievement. And in fact, it ended up being a commercial for Keith Ellison. We're going to talk more about this because this is this is where our 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 real focus ought to be in midterms, not on parties, but on principles. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist.
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. We were listening to NPR in the car on the way in our drive. We had a four-hour drive, and uh, we were listening to NPR. And, it, and, and I think we mentioned on Thursday about how I wanted to pound my head on the dashboard, but it was very enlightening listening to the media talk about these issues and they, the media, not it, it's not just simply this this Somali Muslim woman who is fighting for quote unquote women's rights in love with Keith Ellison. It, it, it's the hypocrisy too, because remember, they asked uh, the the reporter at NPR who's doing the interview actually asks this woman about uh, Keith Ellison's history of domestic violence. Now, when you heard about Kavanaugh and you heard about all this other stuff, Clarence Thomas and everything, then then it was you must believe the woman, right? You must believe the woman. Well, now all of a sudden with Keith Ellison, this women's rights activist, the Somali immigrant woman is talking about, oh, well, he inspired us to to he's inspired so many people to reach for more and to be better or whatever's and so, and so, so she's. Our people. Yeah, our people. Yeah. That's right. That's what it she was said. down for the cause. He's yeah. he's down for the cause, the Muslim cause. Right. I mean, that was really, it wasn't just. Which Muslim cause is not women's rights. So let's just right. be clear about that. Yeah, so it wasn't people. Right. It was our people. Right. So right. in other words, she's essentially saying Keith Ellison's interest is, is not necessarily the people of Michigan or Minnesota, wherever he's at, but it's, but it's a particular swath of people so he, he you kind of got the message that he doesn't represent all people he represents our people yeah and and but see so they hear but it. it's the hypocrisy well we can't believe Minnesota. the woman we can't believe the woman anymore right yeah. but here you have this man running for attorney general in minnesota right yeah. and you have have this clear indication that he he's not just being accused they're criminal charges this woman has filed okay people miss the people miss this because obviously you know you have mostly left controlled media it was the girl's son who reported this mm-hmm. right so not right. only not only you have this hypocritical me too movement who doesn't want to listen to this lady mm-hmm. but they're saying the kid is a liar right, right? we're attacking the child right was a child's just going to, what, some GOP operative yeah, right. got to uh, Keith Ellison's girlfriend's son right. and got him to make up a false claim about Keith Ellison beating the crap out of his mom? Right. Give me a break. Well, this is what this is all about. We have to look at principles. And I saw a headline. Uh, well, and you have to realize it's not about principle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, it's, not about, it's not about women. It's not about protecting women from abuse. Okay, because if your Me Too movement was about supporting women and victims of violence and sexual abuse, then you'd be standing beside this lady who was accused of Keith Ellison. And they're not. Okay, so that's the hypocrisy of it. They're liars and useful idiots, liars and useful idiots. That's who they are. They're not sincere. So why why should they be taken seriously at all? Why should women support these? How can how can any woman with half a brain support these Me Too operatives when they clearly demonstrate that they are not working on behalf of women? They're working on behalf 
of the Democrat Party who has been co-opted by radical Marxists and radical jihadists with the intent of overturning the constitutional government of the United States. That's the Me Too movement. So what do you mean, Me Too? I want to destroy America too? Is that what you're saying? Because that's what the movement is, not about women. Well, I believe that a lot of the people in that movement, regardless of the the real political and philosophical undertones by those who are funding it, want to overturn America. I believe the Absolutely. LGBT group wants to overturn America. I believe that there are, are the, the, the Socialist Democrat Party wants to overturn America. I believe we've raised an entire generation of people in this millennial and uh, border millennial, the older millennials, uh, who want to overturn America because, number one, they've been taught their whole life lies about America. You know, this probably they think that, that America's a bad thing. This is probably one of the most radical shows that we've done. If many people I listen know, to this, right? I'm sure we're going to get targeted. I'm sure we'll be on Mother Jones and Vox, who, who, are, who, are, who also believe this same ideology, who right. are mouthpieces for these radical groups that want to overturn America. And all because we have failed to teach the truth about America for so long, people have come to believe the lies as truth. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And I saw this this article on uh, Fox. Maxine Waters' shift among high-profile Dems poised to control committees if House flips. You know, if if there is a, if there is a fake news, which I, I I know there is, but I could see I could see Republicans putting out a false rumor about Maxine Waters and uh, Adam Schiff being put into committees to drive people to the polls. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right. just the idea of Maxine Waters being uh, the head of the Financial Services Committee. Ought to bring common sense people just barreling to the polls. Just, I mean, without. Uh, seriously, the fact that Maxine Waters is in government is something that makes me, my head, you know, throb. And the idea that she's been in reelected so many times just totally spins my brain. But the fact that the, De- the Democrat Party would then put... Uh, Maxine Waters in charge of a committee. Surely the Democrat Party, they're not total idiots to what a lunatic Maxine Waters is. Oh, I think they are. You think so? You think that they... uh, No, no, no. I'm sorry. The woman woman cannot even string together coherent sentences. I, I, I can't believe that people would actually believe even in her own party, that this woman has any modicum of sense about her to be in charge of anything, right? So that's why I believe this rumor that she's going to be put in charge of committees is 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 a Republican-started rumor to get people out to the polls because I can't believe that Democrats would actually want Maxine Waters to be in charge of things. 
and then they're going to put Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is going to be the head of the House Intelligence Committee if it flips. So, you know, I, I don't I don't simply I, you know, I, I don't get that. You know, I did learn something today. There are a lot of useful idiots out there. Yeah, but uh, right, and I think the usefulness here is is a false rumor that they're going to be put in charge of things <laughs> to drive Republicans to the polls. Uh, I I did learn something today. Do you know when the House Intelligence Committee began, I and why? Not. No, I do not. The House Intelligence Committee began in 1957. Oh, okay. To investigate rumors that the CIA was operating unconstitutionally and outside their powers outside of the borders of the United States. Oh, was that the Church Commission? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So 1957, the uh, House Intelligence Committee uh, is formed for the singular purpose to be like an independent investigation on the CIA. Yeah. And look how it has continued. Right. No, it's, I, I remember. 60 years now, we've had a House Intelligence Committee whose sole purpose was to investigate the CIA. And now what do they do? Now all they do is push forward Cover. legislation <laughs> to uh, to keep Expand the, and empower. It, right. What they were uh, charged with investigating. Right, exactly. <laughs> Not only that. They're the ones that push forward all the legislation that funds the the um, d- defense contractors and the war machines. Yeah. The reason we are in perpetual war is because of the House Intelligence Committee and all of the crazy things that that they the scare tactics that they put together. And what's interesting is, is I, I became interested in the House Intelligence Committee because you guys who've been long term listeners, you know that. Uh, we we were supporters of um, what's his name? I've wiped him out of my Marco Rubio. <laughs> See what happens with selective memory? Yeah, initially we were initially supporters of Marco Rubio. We were uh, we were involved in his team on a the grassroots and the grassroots level. So we had access to the inner circle, which is how we found realized that. He, we came to realize he wasn't sincere. He was not his, sincere. His, uh, he is not sincere. What would you call it? Devotion no, he's, to grassroots. He's a total political horse. The only thing he cares about is being in politics and being in political power. He doesn't care about grassroots. He is uh, memorizes good speeches with the founders' quotes, but he doesn't believe or understand any of them. And so we came to this realization at at one point because. Uh, I may not have told everybody this. It's been a long time. But at one point, Marco Rubio's legal staff had uh, was consulting with me about the NDAA, the indefinite detention, and all that other stuff. And this was really the turning point for me, knowing that I was giving direct input to this his legal his legal team, and that his legal team on a on a phone conference with me literally mocked and degraded me with my understanding of the indefinite detention provision of NDAA. Sure. And so after that, I was like, forget you guys. You guys are all brainwashed idiots. You you have an agenda here that is simply not obvious to everybody. And so that's when I, I disassociated with them. But that's what got me looking into the Intelligence Committee. Do you know they put Michelle Bachman went into... 
Congress as a real conservative, somebody who was for limited government and she gave all the right speeches and everything. And they put her like Marco into this House Intelligence Committee. And I and I started looking at the trend. The establishment Republicans put all of those who profess to be grassroots, limited government people in the Intelligence Committee. Why? Because in the intelligence, House Intelligence Committee, they get an expanded security clearance where they get to see the worst of the worst in foreign affairs, right? And so what they do is they, they saturate these members of the House Intelligence Committee with all of these fear. fears. Yeah. And then they flip these people who, were, who, who had these natural tendencies to be limited government, to be foundational constitutionalists, but maybe lack the foundation. They're not actually settled in their principles to stand up to the fear. Yeah, remember, and they flip them with fear. Remember when the uh, Patriot Act provisions were going to sunset and they had to re-up them. That's the yeah. same thing that uh, yep. Dick Cheney, we found out Dick Cheney came yes. to the Capitol and basically gathered all the freshmen, uh-huh. the freshmen, quote unquote, Tea Party representatives. Right. And gave them a blistering speech about how America was going to be destroyed. At an unplanned luncheon where yeah, he didn't happened. talk just, about those things. Just happened to be there. Just yeah, happened the to be re- there. official report. The official denied report all that. denied all that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But we know for a fact from the people who yeah. were there. But basically said, you know, you're going to have blood on your hands, blah, blah, blah. So bullied right. them with the fear. Same thing. So they exposed them all this stuff and, um, you know, get them. We, we got to do we, we have to do this to protect America. Now, don't forget, you know, remember the what was it? 17, uh, 17 terrorist plots foiled that Judge Napolitano uh, basically listed and talked about that were, that were all. all- Plots and false flags and stuff. I don't know false flag, but they basically they were all um, orchestrated by orchestrated by the FBI. So the guy, the person that was supposed to be the terrorist, was actually all in in almost all cases was some mental patient uh, that they that they talked into, you know, getting behind the wheel of some truck, saying, "Oh, there's a bomb in this thing," and then lo and behold, it's not really a bomb; it's all a sting. So all of them were they were not none of them were actually real. Uh, terrorist threats. They were all scenarios created by the FBI to lure unstable people into this. So there was no ter- there was actually no terrorist involved or no terrorist organization. Well, remember, Michelle Bachman stayed in office for a long time because we we knew the Patriots and we know the Patriots in Minnesota. They kept her there because she ran as a Tea Party candidate. And then uh, we, we sat there and in one of the... Um, town hall meetings that they had in uh, the conservative coalition there in Washington, D.C., when she actually said that the Fourth Amendment does not apply to your emails and your telephone calls because your emails and your telephone calls are not your property. They're the property of the uh, providers. And so our taking of that information doesn't apply to the Fourth Amendment because it's not your property. Uh So they were able to flip Michelle Bachman, who was who who ran very securely. Strongest. One of the strongest in that liberty candidates. Right. And they flipped her based on this fear principle. Yeah. And when she said that, 
I, I knew that the Minnesotans weren't going to. Did you hear I said the Minnesotans? Yeah. They weren't going to put up with that much longer. And she was she was pretty much done after that. Sure. So uh, this this is how it she, works, this fear. I'm not sure. I think she was she was already, because the other stuff was already out, I think, by the time she made those statements. I don't remember. but Well, she was either that or she was on her way out. Yeah. And by the way, it's, it was the church committee was the one in the uh, Senate, and I think it was the Pike. Oh, the Pike, Pike committee. Pike committee in the House. In the House. So, but at the same time, I think you said 57. 57. 1975. Oh, yeah, I did. You flipped those I numbers. totally, that's my dyslexia yeah, numbers. 75. 75, Church right. Church committee and pipe committee. Right, right. So 75. So it's even shorter. So we got 40 years of this now. Yep. Sorry about that, guys. I have a flipping number thing that happens in my brain every now and again. But uh, so 1975, the House Committee which, was formed. Which presents To itself. investigate the CIA. And now they exist for 40 years to fund the CIA. Right. Which the number flipping thing presents itself in interesting ways while we're traveling <laughs> and driving. <laughs> What's the speed limit? It's well, okay, so here's the number is a symbol and I have a symbol flipping thing. So I yeah. have a difficulty discerning when you see a sign that has an arrow that goes right or left. Yeah. My brain sees one way and my in your mouth says another my it in and then it goes the <laughs> other way so jc as we're driving has learned as i'm navigating to pay attention to the direction my hand, hand points yes, not and not mouth. the words that come out of my you'll, mouth you'll point left and, and say, say right hey we got to turn right here uh-huh so right. I know to turn left because I'm know watching to turn your left. finger. Because I have that flipping <laughs> thing. It's a symbol dyslexia, and, and, and that's the way that works. Hey, we've got to pay attention to this stuff. You know, RT uh, reported that the L.A. Times, are you kidding me? The L.A. Times is endorsing candidates in its English edition of their voter guide. So we have the L.A. Times when where where did we lose an independent media when we now have the LA Times actually endorsing candidates yeah newspapers do this all the time and I, telling al- people how to vote i've always found that bizarre how, how do you how do you how do you trust anything that they say about anybody when they're telling you to vote for that person Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here uh, with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And, uh, you know, I just have to stand with Thomas Jefferson that you just simply can't believe anything in a newspaper anymore. Yeah, I think it's a strange phenomenon. I mean, this is not it's not unusual. Of course, <laughs> unusual thing that L.A. Times, they they are endorsing one candidate. In the English version, then they're do- endorsing the opponent in the Spanish version. Yeah, you know, back it's it's weird, but just just the whole notion. Uh, I mean, it seems to me once any paper endorses a candidate, then you can pretty much write the paper off. Right. Right. You, exactly. Okay. We'll no longer believe anything this paper says in regards to politics because if you have if you have a favorite, if you have somebody that you support, how how is the public? supposed to accept anything you say that 
is even remotely connected to that candidate, how are they received that in a credible manner? That, I mean, how's, how do you have credibility? So it's not unusual. You hear that all the time. Uh, you know, the, the Houston bug, Bugle was happy to endorse. I don't know if that's a real paper, but happy to endorse you know, <laughs> candidate X. I mean, all the times, L.A. Times, New York Times, you know, a, a lot of times it's sort of the local um, city papers, not necessarily national papers uh-huh. uh, or state papers. You see that. So I, I, it's bizarre to me. Why? Why would you do that and then claim to be independent right. journalist? Right. That doesn't make sense. I mean, you for forever from the very beginning. I mean, people call you all the time. Right. And ask for endorsements. Emails, everything. Please you, endorse us. And you say, I, you know, as a matter of policy, we don't, we don't endorse uh, candidates. Now, we've, there have been, you know, I don't know, one or two, you count them on one hand, maybe one or two that we've said, like we know personally and we've attested to, uh, you know, our experience with them. Right. But They've been through you, my training. You, They've right. been through this kind of thing. But, but there's not a single candidate that you, that you said, vote for this guy. Right. Or we endorse this guy. And you tell them, we we intend to be independent. We're right. Not gonna, n- number one, we're not going to be tied to a candidate and then be accountable for their actions. Right. Because then all of a sudden they go, they, the they go off the rails and now it's all of a sudden it's linked to Chris Ann Hall. And right. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And then number two, it's, you know, you know, you said, hey, I, I want to give you I want to do my best to teach the principles of liberty in the Constitution as I understand it, as I understand uh, how the founders expressed it. And then you, based upon those principles, you make your choice because in reality, just, you know, just like when you did the voter guide. Right. So there are some things that they're not clear lines. Right. right. There's nuance. And even some of them, like you said, you said, um, I, I don't know if you, you know, you didn't come out and say, I disagree with what this is doing, but you took the stance that okay, this should be properly uh, executed if you want to do it by the legislature mm-hmm. and not through uh, ballot initiative. So it wasn't a stance for or against the particular what it was trying to accomplish, but you said, you know, you said this is not the place for it. And so I will say that I have told people to vote no on things. Sure. So yeah, yeah. judiciary. So many people say to me, Chrisanne, how do I vote for judges? And my philosophy with judicial retention is when in doubt, vote them out. Yeah, but that's and not endorsement of a particular no, individual. Or against a particular individual. This is because, and I don't know how many people know this, but in most elections, now there are some elections where where uh, judges are not nonpartisan. They actually engage in debates. But in the majority of the elections, of judges and especially in retention of judges the uh the bar associations and the legislators have colluded to shield these judges from public scrutiny under the false auspice of independent judiciary now the independent judiciary means they're supposed to be independent from control of the other branches and control of political influence it does not mean that they're supposed to be independent of of public scrutiny yeah and so if we vote them out maybe they'll start allowing us to know more about them yeah and so by the same token that's supposed to apply to news agencies to journalists and journalism in general right so la times i don't care whether it's you're endorsing liberal or conservative 
How are you credible when hey. you're telling people how to vote, what to think? You're supposed to inform on the facts and let the people make their decision. We have, I want to tell you before we go, we have a brand new p- uh, place carrying the Chris Ann Hall p- uh, show. It's called JesusPod.com. And JesusPod is an app you can download where you can get Bible lessons and the Chris Ann Hall show. Go to JesusPod.com. Don't miss any bit of this show. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Let me know.